0: brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today.
1: The Flyers draft picks, and NBA free agency. All right, time to cash in. Joe, the NHL draft was last week. The Flyers had the seventh overall pick as well as a late round pick. I think it was, what, 22 overall. What uh, What was your reaction to to what they did in the first round? So the the player they selected with the uh number seven pick was Matvey
0: Michkov. Uh so so most most experts uh say that right behind Connor Bedard, he would have been the second pick in the draft. However, he uh uh lives in that 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 beautiful country of Russia and he's under contract for three years. There's no way they're gonna let Russian athletes leave at this point. So we're gonna be waiting three years until Matvey Michkov can can come to the Flyers and, and play. Uh that being said, I think it's a great pick for the flyers and and really a no-brainer um we're in a rebuild. D- Daniel Brayers said that multiple times. This is this is a full-on rebuild. So you're not going to be good for a little while. So so I think there's no, you know, there's really no reason not to take a guy of just with an incredible skill set um and you can wait 3 years. It's not a big deal. You're 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 going to be horrible this year. You're probably going to be horrible next year. You might make some progress in year 3 and then in year 4 when you're, you know, maybe even making the playoffs and contending, now you have a guy like Matt Vamishkov, So I think that's um that's a great pick. And then and then as you mentioned, they had the 22nd overall pick as well. Uh they selected a defenseman, Oliver Bonk, whose uh, father was Radek Bonk, who played in the NHL. And the only reason I remember that is uh when there was a player with the last name Bonk in like NHL 97. <laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna remember playing with that guy. So um Oliver Bonk was uh it kind of, you know, I, I saw a lot of mock drafts that actually had the Flyers taking him. Um, although in some of the, the rankings, he was more between like you, you know, you really found him anywhere between 20 and 50, um, which I think goes to show you how difficult it is to, to project these things when, when it comes to NHL players. Um, but I think Bonk was another good pick. I'm glad they didn't trade either of those first, uh, first round picks as we talked about. I think that was, um, that was smart. Um, but now in the second, and third round, things got interesting. So before we get to the yeah. second
1: and third round, so the Breer mentioned that he was actually considering trading up for. For Mitchkov. So they were actually looking to draft him. He, <laughs> I heard one, I think it was Anaheim, their GM called uh, Mitchkov a ghost because they were unable to contact him. They obviously, with what's going on in Russia, there, right. no one was able to see him play live, so it's just right. a bunch of film. But no one was able to get in contact with him or his team. However, the Flyers had three meetings with him. Yeah, so that's Mitch kind I of was actually. Say, identified, that's odd. Yeah, he identified the Flyers as an organization that he wanted to go to and want to play for. Uh, so that's, I think, a good sign when players still want to play for you, even when you haven't been good over the course of uh, the past several years. Now, you you nailed it with with waiting three years, right? The this guy averaged 0. 0.65 points per game for uh Sochi when he played last year first year playing there uh in comparison Ovechkin same league, same team 0.45 points per game. So this isn't to say that, that Mitch is going to be better than Ovechkin by by any means, because Ovechkin's one of the greatest players of all time, but it just shows that how how dominant this guy can be. He's been called an offensive genius. Uh he sees the he sees the game so well. Uh he he seems pretty charismatic even when he has talked to the media through a translator. Uh he's excited to uh to come and, and and play for the organization. So I think you're right. That that's a great pick. You wait the three years, you continue to build. Through first-round picks, you you acquire them as many as you can. You build over the next few years, and then when it's time, this guy will be ready to play. He'll come in his his rookie year. He'll be you know a little bit older as a rookie, but once he comes in, you you start to build the pieces around him already, so that when he comes over, now we now we start to make that push.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I, and that's why I say I think it was really just a no-brainer because the timing almost benefits the Flyers, like. I, you know, and I'm not saying that this guy is going to come in and you're going to win a bunch of games if you played this year, um, but you don't want to win games. You are you're, you're you want to lose games. You're going to have, you know, a great I mean, if all goes according to plan, you're going to have the first overall pick in the draft next year. So you're, you're you going to have you want you know, to get
1: you want these young players to get their scars good over the next yep. few years. Uh, and then and then with Bonk, I mean, he. I don't think he's going to to win too many people over in terms of, uh you know, he's he's not a proverov he's not a yeah. he's not a team in or a prong or like any of those guys that have been that dominant suck up minutes and, and play, you know, big minutes and, and play well during those minutes. But he's been he's been scouted as a solid three or four. Uh, defenseman for a team that can put in minutes. That's that's trustworthy. He's not going to make too many big mistakes. Um, and the good thing is he he you know he can put up some points. He he had ten goals and forty points in sixty seven games uh, last year playing for uh, the London Knights. So. Those are some good uh good offensive numbers from a defenseman. So he's also 6'2, 175 already. He's he's gonna obviously build some muscle that he'll need to as a defenseman, but that height is is good. He'll be rangy. So I think that's a it's a solid pick. It's 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 not a wow well pick, but it's it's a player that you're going to need in the future.
0: Yeah, and I think that was I, like of the, you know, there there was discrepancy in where where Oliver Bonk was uh was rated but no one's calling this pick like a bust or a reach or anything like that I think it's 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 a you know a smart pick from from Breer um and before we get to uh really we probably just talk about the next two picks um we didn't we didn't mention uh so the Flyers trade Kevin Hayes um which which (laughs) we knew was coming um so I think they ended up trading him for like what a sixth round pick or something but and and and
1: we're retaining half of his salary, and, and half for his the salary. so
0: <laughs> that's that's a little bit a little bit of a head scratcher. Um, yeah, I totally agree how I mean, how much Tortorella must have just absolutely hated Kevin Hayes is is beyond me because you're paying a lot of money for the guy not to play for you um so that was he's a, a really bit, good player
1: he's, yeah yeah he's, he's, he's gonna be a really productive been the player, player st louis best player yep. for the past two years
0: yep so that that's gonna and but that's you know that's another good reason to trade it when you're when you're trying to lose games um so yeah that that was interesting just the return was was odd and i think they just really just wanted to get him out of there but i think that um you know i think that with with the Provorov trade and then with these two picks you know i think that rare is basically two for three right now i mean the the hayes thing was just a little odd but i think well, that he's. i think with job.
1: hayes i'm I'm fairly certain that hayes had a no trade clause meaning that he that's probably the best we could get in return yeah for uh, right yeah on his trade list okay so there's there's probably other teams offering a second round pick a third round pick but if they're not on the list uh you know he he, he sort of uh could guide his own path there All right. So uh, rounds two
0: and three, the Flyers had the uh, 51st pick, the 87th pick, and the 95th pick at the end of the third round. But with uh, 51 and 87, maybe a a harbinger of things to come, they drafted two goaltenders, uh, Carson Jarnson uh, from the WHL and Igor uh, Zavarajan from Russia. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the the
1: club he was on in Russia.
0: (laughs) Um, So two goaltenders. uh, Shane, uh, what do you read into this?
1: Yeah, this was this was eye opening for me. It it really to me shows that Hart is probably going to get moved at some point. Um, listen, it's it's good to have goalies in in the in the backlog. I think Pittsburgh proved that when they had Flory and they had Jari coming up, and they had uh, Matt Murray. They, they you know it's good to have those young goalies that are coming up and can step in and and win. Because if you don't have a goalie, you're not going to win many games. Now the Flyers uh, trade it for a goalie uh, with the Provera pick, uh, a young. Goalie and Peterson. They have Carter Hart, who is supposed to be the franchise goalie. And now they draft two guys with their second and third round pick. Now these are early round picks. You gotta think Carter Hart was taken in the second round. I think 51st yep. overall or something like that. 48. So 48. 48. So these yeah. are these are like quality picks that you can get quality players at. So this, this to me indicates that Hart is probably going to be moved. I think they're going to wait for the right offer. You, you know, you might see something like wait until the season starts. And if a team's goalie gets injured, that is supposed to be uh, making a playoff push. They may overpay for it and offer up some some first round picks. So I think the Flyers are probably looking for for several first round picks in return for Carter Hart. And I think they're going to now they have a little bit more optionality. We'll see what happens with these guys, but at least they have some depth behind him that prospects it can turn into a a franchise cowboy goalie.
0: Yeah, so I think I think all that's all that's fair. I think um uh in last year's draft they didn't take a goaltender and they only had, I think they only had maybe six picks in, in last year's draft. Um so you know, I, I you kind of expect them to take a goalie, but again, taking a goalie 51st overall, I think is is fairly telling. Um and I I do think the risk is like I, I mean is Edmonton just just going to waste Connor McDavid and and Leon Draisaitl? I, I, you should be able to 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 I mean get and look. Maybe they have really shrewd uh, management, but I just I feel like that's a team for heart. I, I feel like they would be willing to pay overpay for him just have the goalie because what are we doing? The guys winning the MVP every year and we're not winning any Stanley Cup. Like, come on. So I think that, that that's a team that that very well might do it. And I think that that's sort of what the Flyers are gearing up for. But again, I mean, there's no guarantees that. Any goalie hit. So I think that another thing could be oh, we're going to have heart. We're going to have, you know, these guys that are, that are, you know, everyone's young, it's getting crafted into the NHL. And we're going to have these guys and, and, you know, maybe we, we sit on them and we just, we just kind of see what happens. But I, I do think that I, I taking a goalie at 51 was a little surprising, uh, a little bit eye opening to me. Um, so yeah, I think that it could, could be a sign of, of Hart, uh, you know, be, being shopped. Although, you know, Brera said really no one's off, off limits. So um, wouldn't shock me, but, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, and then you know the Flyers uh, had they had plenty of other picks um uh in the uh end of the third round at 95 they took Denver Barkley, a uh, teammate of Oliver bonk uh Barkey. In the o- Barkey. In the o- oh
1: Barky, I'm sorry and um have you seen this guy's measurements no me he's see. the smallest center in the draft he or one of the oh, smallest man. he's five foot nine 154 pounds that's probably Dana Breir's uh yeah uh, size <laughs> <laughs> when
0: he when he was drafted yeah well' that's yeah, he's small Wow, 155 pounds. Oh, left-handed shot. I like that. I don't know if that even means anything. Um, <laughs> and then they took another sentiment in the fourth round, uh, Cole Nubel. Um uh Left wing in the fourth round, Alex Siernik. Uh, defenseman Carter
1: Southern was in the fifth and Kniebel, round. And he's, he's uh, Mike Canuel. Do you remember him? He plays for oh, yeah. the Yeah, I, I was going to say the name yeah. looks really familiar. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Canuel played great. He posted 100. Is that his 100- son? 118 oh, goals and 229 points in 338 games for the Flyers.
0: Wow. That's bad yeah. that I remember that guy. Um, defenseman Carter Southern uh, from the Portland Winter Hawks of the WHL. Uh, then took another centerman in Ryan McPherson. Uh, that's what I wonder what the Leamington Flyers are of the Go JHL. Are there any relation to the Philadelphia Flyers? I don't no, know. No, they're not. All right. And then uh rounding out the draft, they took Mateo Mann uh with the 199th pick in the seventh round. He's a defenseman. Um, so I, I mean, you know. And this guy, six foot five, two hundred and twenty five pounds. I was so I was gonna say, do you think like like <laughs> That's, I mean, you're just saying, all right, Let's just get a giant. Uh, like yeah. at, at a certain point, like we, because I mean, it's you know, and I'm certainly not going to sit here and pretend to know anything about any of these guys. Uh, but it, it kind of looks like at at a certain point in the draft, you're you're just really rolling the dice. So I think that's what, yeah, you know, what the what the Flyers have done. <laughs> and uh, uh, but but I think that the you know the the picks that people will talk about now is going to be you know really the first. They're they're the you yeah. know Michkov, Bonk, Bjarnson, and, and Zavrigan. I think are the interesting ones to. Uh, To note and then you hope other guys other guys hit and you know they can get them in and develop them and i think that's uh you know i think when you're starting a rebuild having 10 picks or 11 picks whatever they had in in this draft is is you know a a big help because you just you have that many bites at the apple to to get it right so i think that that's a um you know a good sign and i I don't think Briere overthought things i think he you know um kind of was was you know safe in, in the sense that you know what's happening with with mishkov i mean you know, we're, we're yeah. probably not going
1: to get him over here. Um, I mean, ultimately, and- I think the Flyers got very lucky that in their first year as a rebuild, the guy that they wanted fell to them. Yeah, that's that's a great place to start. And from that, you're you're almost playing with the house money, right? Like you, yep. you just feel good about the draft. And now you can you can take some more shots on some guys that that you may not have if uh if you didn't get the guy you wanted in the first. Yep. Absolutely. So I think, uh yeah, all in all, I think it's a good draft for uh for the Flyers. Place your bets. Additionally, the NBA free agency kicked off uh, Friday evening uh, was at 630 and and the Sixers have been extremely quiet so far. So some of the big moves, Portland uh, resigns Jeremy Grant, Fred Van Fleet flips from the Toronto Raptors over to Houston. Kyrie resigns a lot of a lot of other players resign. You get Middleton, Draymond. Uh, Kyle Kuzma. I think Sabonis did late last night or earlier this morning. Yeah, he got paid um, as well. So a lot of guys re-signed, yeah. but I guess of the guys that change teams, anyone that really jumped out to you as as going to be a difference maker? Um, Well, I, I think that, that
0: Van Vliet could be the guy who – I think that he's overpaid. I think he got a, just a, – a, incredible amount of money but um i think that it is good to have that kind of a veteran who's won a championship who, who's been around for a while to, to pair with those young guys i think houston really needed that i think that um i think that udoka definitely wants the kind of guy who can sort of be like a you know like like a floor coach almost and i think van vliet's good good in that regard so i think that um you know i think houston has a bunch of young talent they, they now have a guy who's proven to be a really good coach um and now you have Van Vliet, who I think, I think fits in pretty well there. Um, so I think of of guys that, that have, have changed teams or signed with somebody else, I think that that's a big one. Um, but yeah, it seems like a lot of guys are are re signing. sort of surprised me. Kyrie was a little bit of a surprise to me that, that he re signed. I thought that he might be exploring other options. Um, so I think that yeah, I think that Van Vliet would be the guy that jumps out to me. Um any anyone on a new team for you
1: so far that uh you think's a difference maker? Not necessarily. I mean, like the guys like like Gabe Vincent, I think just because of the run that he was on with Miami, he got paid. I'm I'm still not sure how well he's going to fit in systems outside of Miami. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really curious to see that. And I think there's still some hesitancy, like even though he proved himself in the playoffs, there's still some hesitancy just about like where he has drafted and how many teams ever looked him. I think I think that could be more of a system like he fit very well in their system. Uh, the the other the other ones that sort of jumped out to me was uh, George Niang. Uh, moving to, to to Cleveland, I mean, good for him. He he played so well for the Sixers yeah. over over his term. But I'm curious to see what the Sixers are going to do to replace him. Yep. Shake Milton, I expected him to leave, and he went to Minnesota. Uh, Jalen McDaniels also he left. He went for Toronto. Uh, the Sixers didn't b- bring back one player, and Patrick Beverly to a, a one year deal deal for just over three million. I, I actually like this signing. I, I don't think it's much of a needle mover, but you know, you talked about Embiid two years ago saying we need to get tougher. They bring in uh, PJ Tucker. Now they bring in the guy who annoys <laughs> annoys everyone on the court. Yep. Um, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how he he does in Philadelphia because of how involved the media is. but I, I think that on a, throughout the regular season, I think he's a good player to have on your team just because he's constantly bringing energy to the, to the floor. I think that's going to do something, especially on the defensive end. So that should take some, um, stress away from MB just having to give it all every single night. I think having a guy like Pat Beverly to carry, carry the energy for the team. I think that's a good thing, especially on the defensive end. Cause you have maxi on the, on the offensive end. So I don't see him as being much of a difference maker in a playoff series, but I think for a regular season player, it's a good signing. Yeah. Patrick Beverly felt like it felt like for, for a while now,
0: he he was destined to be, to be a, a sixer, um, you know, and he's a little bit older now he's, he's 34 now. So it, it's, uh, you know, I, I mean, he's not the same guy he was when he was, you know, locking down the, the best guard on the other team, you know, every night and do that stuff. But, but nonetheless, he's incredibly tough. Um, and, and, you know, he's a good veteran to have. That's a, that's a good guy to have, you know, along PJ Tucker. And, um, you know, I think I, I, I think what really probably interests me a little bit even more in this is, um, you know, you bring in Beverly, who is a, you know, he is a point guard um, and you would have thought, you know, with, with Harden requesting a trade, which we'll get to, maybe they, they, they look for, you know, more of a scoring type point guard. Um, but I, I do wonder now if, if this just means that, that Jaden Springer is is kind of here to stay and he's going to, you know, maybe play minutes for the Sixers um, this season, because Beverly is certainly not an offensive player by any means. And you, you can't if you if you're going to keep Tobias Harris and we're probably getting ahead of ourselves, but you can't play Beverly Harris Tucker at the same time because you're just you're not going to score a point. Um, so I think that 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 brings up a lot of interesting, interesting, interesting ideas. But I think Maxi is the man. I think Nurse is going to play him a ton of minutes. Um, but yeah, Beverly's Beverly's an interesting signing,
1: and I think it opens the door to some other interesting possibilities. The the other players that sort of jumped out to me and I. I wish the Sixers took a look at them. And I know they're a little bit strap cap, but the one that, that I was interested in was, uh, Joe Ingalls, especially once I saw mm-hmm. that, um, that Niang was, was going to Cleveland because they're very similar players. I think Ingalls is, is a much better defensive player, a better passer. Um, but they're both that, that three point type, uh, threat that, uh, you know, I think, especially playing with Harden and, you know, we'll talk about him, but having just that guy who, who's unafraid to shoot, you know, 10 times a game, if, he has ten open shots a game, you know. Regardless if they're going in, like you knew Niang, like he he was always in a catch and shoot position. So Ingalls did get get paid, you know, two years, twenty two million. He he's coming from he's coming off an injury, so we'll we'll see how how much he he actually rebounds to be able to to help them down in Orlando. Uh, but that was one player I thought that they should take a look at. And the other signing that sort of surprised me was really just for the amount of money. But Cam Reddish, he signed for 2 years 5 million or 4.6 million dollars with the lakers. Yeah. Now, this guy is still so young. He was one of the top recruits going into duke, right? One of the top recruits coming out of high school in the entire nation. He's only 4 years into his nba career. He's a large wing player. I'm really surprised that he didn't get more money just because of his size and still he he still has that potential. Yeah, I think that's you know that's a good
0: signing because you really are, you know, it's it's not really a risk in the in the grand scheme of things, um, in the NBA. So I think that you know this is a guy who, at many times in his in his life, has been an incredible player, and he's, you know, I, I guess you know slipped a little bit in the NBA, and, and maybe a lot of people are just saying, oh, this guy can't, this guy doesn't have it for the NBA, but I, I still think it's very much worth the you know the price tag to yeah. take take that shot on him. So I think that's especially um,
1: for a team like the Sixers, it would have been nice because we don't really have that that like. You know, large, uh, small forward, who has the ability to shut down the other team's best player, like to guard a guy like Tatum or Brown, like just to have a body to throw at him. For that amount of money, I, I really wish the Sixers would have uh, will have taken a taken a closer look at him.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that the Sixers are are, are now at a point where, I mean, my, my my guess would be because they've been so quiet through free agency, I think that. Uh, you know my guess is they're they're hoping to get those types of players back in and whatever they they can get for for James Harden. Yeah. Um so let's talk about let's talk about uh, uh Harden and it's kind of interesting uh, there's a lot of things that jump out to me about about this. So so he he opts into his 35.6 million dollar uh player option um but only to be signed and traded. So so Harden's going to get get traded somewhere. Um and I guess it You know, there was all that stuff about Houston, and he was so torn between Philly and Houston. And that was the whole thing that came out. And then it's like, oh, he opts in, but he's going to get traded and not to Houston. So Houston obviously just said, like, and, 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 you know, when they signed Van Vliet, you know that they're not going
1: to take Harden. So Houston just says, no, we're we're good. So, well, I think there's. there's something else to, to that because so I've been on the NBA trade machine for, for the past <laughs> week or so. And there's no, at this point, there's no possible deal that the Sixers could make with a team like Houston because of the contracts that they have. So they need to get close to what they're trading out. And all of, uh, aside from the Van Fleet, all of their players are on rookie deals. The most the, a guy was paid was like $9 million. And you're not going to be trading for a, a Smith Jr. or for... Um, exactly, right, so, right, 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 right. So, so there's not enough like two and a half million dollar contracts that can add up to it. So I think a trade to Houston, the way it would have to work is the Sixers say, we want to sign, I'm making this up, Christian Wood and Dario Sarge and Mason Plumley, and we're going, you know, for $10 million each and Houston signs all those guys to the contract and then the trade is made. So I think that's... That's the path that they're probably going down at this point where they're picking which free agencies they want and working with the team to sign them so that the Sixers can get something in return for Harden. You got to remember if we were to have lost Harden to free agency, we don't have that cap room to then take on a $30 million player or multiple $10 million players. It doesn't just open up like that. So that's why I think Maury is, is trying a little bit harder to, to figure out. Um, I think that's why there's been, they've been so quiet thus far.
0: Well, I think, I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't think there's anything with Houston where Harden's going to go back to Houston. I think that was all at this point just leverage, I guess, um, or maybe Harden did want to go there. And now Houston saying we're we're good, um, and and you know for the reason you laid out, it just is really difficult to do. Um, L.A. was always a team that that has popped up as is interested in, in Harden. Um, the other you know wrinkle thrown in is is now you
1: have um, so L.A. real quick Clippers. Oh yeah, so the Clippers. What they still have the rights to Eric Gordon. Any chance that they, they, they resign they, Gordon they, and trade them? Did trade they wait? The they already, they waived him, right? Oh, they did. Okay, I, I think, did not I think, they,
0: I think I read they waived the wave Gordon, so I think he would be out. Um, I think with with L.A. it would you know your problem like Robert Covington would be would be a guy who come back in the trade. Terrence Man, um, you know I'm not sure really how much is is there. And I I also have no idea what more thinking at any time. I have absolutely no clue. Um, I think that, well, well, I'll ask you, do you think that there's been, the whole story hasn't really come out yet, but Harden's kind of saying that the Sixers weren't communicating with him throughout this, this negotiation process. Uh, do you think that when they hired Nick nurse, he had a lot of input in this and just basically said like, the guy doesn't really fit my style. And look, I'm not, I'm not going on Twitter, like every talking head in Philadelphia and saying that, you know, thank God we're trading this guy. Great. Got, got rid of James Harden. James Harden played really well last year for this yeah. team. James Wan's yeah. a very good basketball player. Um, but I think that there's a possibility that Nurse came in and said, like, if we'll come on in one year, we'll take him for one year. But, like, you know, I don't need a 35-year-old guy making a ton of money, you know, for the next three years. Yeah. So I-, I wonder if Nurse had had some input in this and just kind of said, like – you know, I remember at his introductory press conference, it was a little, you know, he kind of said like, yes, I want James Harden to be on the Sixers. Uh, but it wasn't <laughs> exactly, exactly how he said it. So. Yeah, it wasn't like a believable, <laughs> believable thing. So I just wonder if he just kind of said, eh, this guy's not going to fit, you know, what I do. More he works on something and and has something up his sleeve where, you know, you're going to return that three-point shooter that you, you desperately need now. Um, and, and you know, I, I think maybe. Uh, yeah, 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 More he doesn't really care about draft picks, but you know, it doesn't hurt to, to get some draft picks in return for, for, you know, big time players like this to, to kind of
1: look towards the future a little bit. So it, it, I I don't know. I can't get the guy's head. I don't know what he's going to do. I still think Maury and Harden are so close that they've been in constant. My thought is they've been constant communication and what Maury had said was, listen, we need you to resign. I will. I promise I will get you to whichever team. I'm not going to trade you to a team you don't want to go to. You pick the team you and your agent can work on the contract, but we need to get something in return for you. Um, let me do that so that I have some flexibility. And I think those two in their relationship throughout the past decade, I think that they're working together to to get Harden where he wants to go. Even if the Sixers aren't getting exactly what they want in return, right? They might not take the best offer, but as long as they get something in return that they could then later flip for another player, that's sort of where I'm, I'm seeing. And I, I also think that this, when this happens, I think you just mentioned some of the players on on the Clippers, and I, I don't think that helps the Sixers in any way. So I think this ends up turning into a a three or four team trade where you have a team like possibly Portland that gets involved, or a team like the Thunder that takes on a a contract uh, in return for for something. So I think I think there's um, there's going to be a lot of moving parts, and I think that's why it's been so hum on the Sixers side thus far. Yeah, that's a really good point that that
0: Harden and Mori do have this this great relationship. So I mean, while you know if we didn't know that they had this relationship. It might look, you know, like, like, man, the Sixers really, really did James Harden dirty here. But I think that James Harden was getting cute with his, you know, talk of, I really want to go back to Houston for God knows what reason. Um, You know, I I think that that kind of, you know, came back to bite him in the ass a little bit. Um, and, And, you know, I also, I also do think that this is, this has to be, you know, this has to be a team that, that really prioritizes just, just, ball movement for Nick nurse's offense to, to work. And, and, you know, how many times did hard dribble the ball to four seconds left in the shot clock, you know, just, you know, and then make a great pass where you might get a dunk out of it or something. But I I just think it's going to be a different style of play. And the players that come back in return have to have to fit into that. And I mean, you're looking at this roster. Now you're missing out on a lot of free agents that haven't done anything. And you're, you're, you know, Obviously, the 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 trade for Jalen McDaniels was, uh, and I still think Jalen McDaniels could have. I I wish he was on the six because I do think there is something there with that athleticism that he has. Um, but that trade, obviously for for Thyball was was just a total, you know, uh, just a total total zero. And and maybe some of that has to do with Doc Rivers. Um, but but I think that this team is is. In desperate need of three point shooting. That's the NBA. Uh, I don't care who the coach is, you have to knock down three. So that's got to be something that they they have to prioritize uh right now.
1: Okay. So then let's let's jump ahead and I want to look at some of the open free agents that are they're still in the market and get your opinion on whether or not the Sixers should pursue them. Now, again, the Sixers, a lot of these guys, they can't just sign out, right? So it might have to be a sign and trade with another team. But uh Eric Gordon, any interest? No. Okay, uh, Malik Beasley. You talked about three-point shooting. He was one of the best three-point shooters in the league last year. Yeah, I, I like Malik Beasley. I do. So I actually watched. I wonder. Ye- yesterday, I watched a big three game, and Malik Beasley was playing, and he played awful. Have you first off? Have you seen the big three league? Uh, oh, like that three-on-three thing? Yeah. Uh. Well, no, not in a long time. I, I didn't know it was still a thing. I know so I was, was involved. Yes, it was my first like... time watching. And uh, yeah, there's a four-point uh, shot. Uh it's uh yeah, it's I kind of remember that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I,
0: my my recollection of it was like Iverson was either coaching a team or was on a team and like just wasn't showing up at games.
1: Yeah. And they was, were like that's... and like ice cube or something, or yeah, ice he was cube. he was somebody was I think like... he's like the owner. He's like you know, yeah, he was saying courtside. Uh he had a, a diamond chain on it said big <laughs> three. It was, ac- it was actually really nice. but uh, uh I can't believe yeah, Mo- 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 Beastly is playing. There's a few other guys. Um uh Mario Chambers was on a the team. There's a few a uh, few recognizable fellas anyway. Oh my god, uh, hilarious. Christian Wood for a uh, center. Um uh, I
0: no I mean I don't know maybe I'm I'm um wearing, you know, rose colored colored glasses because of of, you know, his his process time and and kind of being one of the guys that came out of there and and you know, had a very good N- N- NBA career out of it. Um, so I, I do like Christian will, but I just, I don't know at this point, this stage that I, w- I would put any money into him.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I think he, I think he's going to get paid by, by Dallas or yeah. by someone. So, uh, Mo Bamba. <laughs> no, no, okay. I just don't think, I know. I don't think he's a player. All right. Um, last but, do, one for... but
0: when you do like, we got in a lot of trouble last year because our backup center was six foot eight. Uh, yeah, and I understand. He, he's tough and strong and everything, you know, Harold is, but you have to, you have to have, I, I don't know uh you know a, a guy who who you know 6'10 6'11 type guy that can you know and Andre Drummond was that was a nice nice fit to come in and back up be, you know that's type of player for a regular
1: season yeah and then the yeah. the last one here uh Mason Plumlee.
0: yeah centers. I like, I
1: like Mason Plumlee. yeah I think I, I think Plumley would actually be a good one for uh for a nice backup but um he might still there's a few teams that still need starters so he might be able to find a starting job somewhere um all right uh do we bring back Darius Saurich? probably not no okay um the, the other one that jumped out, where was it? Uh, Justice Winslow. Okay. So uh, skip Justice Winslow. Here's one that as a possible replacement for uh, Jalen McDaniels, does Derek Jones Jr. Come home. that would be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. I, the the last I, thread. I think him and Maxie m- might have a, might end up having like a nice little one, two game there. Yeah. I'm trying to think like how, I
0: mean, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think, that, I think that would be, Will be an interesting one to explore. Okay. Uh, a
1: few more. Uh Kevin Knox. Get that uh, big small
0: forward. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. Okay. Remember we uh, saw Kevin Knox like getting an Uber outside of summer league? Yeah. <laughs> he was just like in the parking lot like, waiting for his Uber like after a game.
1: <laughs> uh the next one, Grant Williams. Yeah, I like Grant Williams a lot. You might have to pay him though. I don't I don't know how many teams are gonna be interested in him. Really? But yeah. We'll see. Um we'll, Actually, you're probably right because uh what's his name? Dylan Brooks just got paid by Houston. And oh, I know. didn't I didn't know how many yeah. teams would be interested That's, in that's when we missed, yeah. Uh let's see uh McKeith Morris. Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. Uh TJ Warren. Didn't you have like eighty points in a bubble game? Was that TJ Warren? Against the Sixers, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, was <laughs> it? Yeah. No, it, like Simmons was guarding him, and he's just eating Simmons up the one game. And it was when Simmons yep. was like having like the the best defensive season of his career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. TJ Warren destroyed us multiple times when he's on the Pacers. Um. Man. Yeah, I like TJ Warren. Okay. Yeah, I, I I would be interested in that fit. Um. All right. So a few more just to to break. You have to build this. Like you got to build up this bench. Yeah, the Sixers. Yeah. And and
0: I think and honest honestly, I think if they keep Harris. You're bringing Tucker off the bench, so you're gonna have to have a starter in there that's somewhat productive. But I think Tucker's uh, fine with that. Like I think Tucker Oh
1: would be he's fine. Totally he's, fine with that. I know he's totally fine coming off the bench, but somebody's got to come in and play. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, sure. Uh all right. Willie Hernan Gomez. I know the Sixers didn't draft him in hustle, but they have the chance to get him now. Uh n- no. I'm not okay. a fan. Uh, do they bring back any of these players that formerly play for them? Danny Green, no. Michael Carter Williams, no. And Andre Iguodala, <laughs> he retired. I know he's on this Officially list. Officially uh, retired. Boban, no. I no. I no. All right, that's all I got.
0: We you need serious players. You can't yeah, have you know. Yeah, no, this is serious
1: guys at this I'm point. At, I'm at the end of I'm at the oh, end of the list. <laughs> no, I like uh, it. All right, anything else to talk about for the for the Sixers or, or what their their plan is coming up?
0: No, I think um,
1: I I just think that you know we got to exercise a little bit of patience.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, before we uh, before we say goodbye, though, I do have uh, I do have one piece of exciting news, Shane. Oh boy, I I have put in my first college football bet of the season
1: Woo-hoo-hoo. and uh
0: i am going to i'm going to share it because I, I you know I, I don't want to give it when we when we start going over this stuff i want to give it now so no one's yelling at me um i i've gone down a college football rabbit hole over the past couple of weeks like I, I i just i need it so bad i've been just reading uh, you know what I, ever thought? I i read this i read a book um uh, i can't remember what it was called it was kind of just like a like a short overview of college football history basically from game one till I think 2004 when the book was written uh one thing one thing interesting I learned before I get to this pick was um so like the the national championship like trophy kind of came into play in 1928 and it was like a businessman was like yeah, I'll sponsor this thing for you know college football and you know we'll 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 give it away now Newt Rockney's coaching Notre Dame at the time and you know Notre Dame is is becoming when college football started, it was you know a lot of the Ivy Leagues, University of Chicago. Th- those were the big time programs. Notre Dame sort of gets in there, um, and they had you know the four horsemen. They called them in, in 1924, and they were the best team in the country that year. So it, this is this is just such a classic piece of shit Notre Dame story. Uh, this guy says, "Hey, I got this trophy. I'm going to sponsor it." So people get together, whatever the governing body of the of the you know college football at that time, and it's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." So Newt Rockney is involved in this, and he's like, "Hey." Why don't you retroactively give it to my team from 1924? This is 1928. So why don't you give it to my team in 1924? You know, we had that great team. And, and the guy was like, sure, you got a deal. So Notre Dame won a national championship before the national championship existed. Wow. That's that's Notre Dame. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. But anyway, so my, my pick is this. Uh, I saw it anywhere between five and a half and six total wins. We're talking BYU. I'm taking the under. Uh, so BYU is now joining the Big 12. They weren't they were great last year. Um, and they, they are working in a Ton of new offensive linemen they're working in basically new players all over they had a ton of guys transfer they brought in a bunch of transfers that takes a while to, a while to gel and then they have to play really good teams and you know they're going to play Kansas TCU they're going to play Texas they're going to play Oklahoma State they're going to play Oklahoma West Virginia could be tough Texas Tech could be tough they got to play Cincinnati who could still be tough uh right now I'm seeing it at either five and a, five and a half or six if you find it at six hammer that under even if it's five and a half hammer that under I think this is a four win team that is my first college football lock of the season on July 2nd, BYU under
1: six wins. I like that. I'm going I'm to bet that now. You convince me. There you go. There I you have go. already placed a bet, and that's for Penn State to win the national championship. Ah. It's not a homer bet. It's happening this year. Nope. There we go. Lock it in. Place your bets. For Jerry Manera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself.
0: Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?